This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of lateral patellar compression syndrome from the knee and sports section on orthobullets.com. Lateral patellar compression syndrome is characterized by improper tracking of the patella in the trochlear groove. It's caused by a tight lateral retinaculum and leads to excessive lateral tilts without excessive patellar mobility. The miserable triad is a term coined for anatomic characteristics that lead to an increased Q angle and an exacerbation of patellofemoral dysplasia. They include femoral antiversion, genuvalgum, and external tibial torsion slash pronated feet. Again, the miserable triad includes femoral antiversion, genuvalgum, and external tibial torsion slash pronated feet. With respect to the presentation of lateral patellar compression syndrome, Patients typically have pain with stair climbing and what's known as a theater sign, which is pain with sitting for long periods of time. On physical exam, patients may have pain with compression of the patella and moderate lateral facet tenderness. You may also notice that there is an inability to evert the lateral edge of the patella. With respect to imaging, radiographs may show patellar tilt in the lateral direction. Treatment of lateral patellar compression syndrome may be non-operative or operative. Non-operative management includes NSAIDs, activity modifications, and therapy. And this is the mainstay of treatment and should be done for an extensive period of time. Therapy should emphasize vastus medialis strengthening and closed-chain short-arc quadriceps exercises. Again, therapy should emphasize vastus medialis strengthening and closed-chain short-arc quadriceps exercises. Operative options include arthroscopic lateral release or patellar realignment surgery. An arthroscopic lateral release is indicated when there's objective evidence of lateral tilting, whether neutral or a negative tilt. Other indications include pain refractory to extensive rehabilitation, inability to evert the lateral edge of the patella, keep in mind that the ideal candidate has no symptoms of instability, include a medial patellar glide of less than one quadrant, and a lateral patellar glide of less than three quadrants. Patellar realignment surgery can include a McKay technique, otherwise known as tubercle, otherwise known as a tubercle anteriorization, an emsley trelot procedure, which is a medialization procedure, and a Fulkerson alignment surgery, which is tubercle anteriorization and medialization. A McKay technique or a tubercle anteriorization is indicated only for distal pole lesions, and make sure to only elevate one centimeter or else there is a risk of skin necrosis. An Elmseed trilat or medialization procedure is indicated only for instability with lateral translation, not an isolated lateral tilt. Make sure to avoid this option if there's medial patellar facet arthrosis. A Fulkerson alignment surgery, otherwise known as a tubercle anteriorization and medialization procedure, has controversial indications. However, relative indications include lateral and distal pole lesions and or an increased Q angle. Contraindications include superior medial arthrosis, so make sure you scope before you perform the surgery. Again, a contraindication to a Fulkerson alignment surgery is superior medial arthrosis, so make sure you scope before you perform the surgery. Other contraindications to a Fulkerson include skeletal immaturity. Now, let's quickly talk about the surgical technique for an arthroscopic lateral release in a bit more detail. With respect to the technique, for this procedure, you will view through the superior portal, which will show the medial facet does not articulate with the trochlea at 40 degrees of knee flexion. Be sure adequate hemostasis is obtained, and postoperatively, the patella should be able to be passively tilted 80 degrees. Again, postoperatively, the patella should be able to be passively tilted 80 degrees. 
Complications of an arthroscopic lateral release include persistent or worsened pain, as well as patellar instability with medial translation. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. The first question reads, A 13-year-old gymnast presents with ongoing pain for the past few months. She tried conservative measures including kinesiology taping, physical therapy, and rest. On physical exam, she has normal valgus alignment, negative patellar tilt, and discomfort with resisted open-chain knee extension. AP lateral and merchant radiographs show a normal knee in a skeletally immature individual. No osseous abnormalities are identified. What is the most likely clinical diagnosis? And the choices are 1. Patellofemoral syndrome, 2. Bipartate patella, 3. Stress fracture of the distal femur, 4. Patella alta, and 5. Patella baja. The correct answer to this question is 1. Patellofemoral syndrome. So based on the history, physical examination, and radiographic findings, this patient has patellofemoral syndrome. Evaluation of a patient with patellofemoral pain requires a physical examination and plain radiographs. Appropriate examination of all structures around the knee is critical to rule out another diagnosis. An MRI is useful for evaluating intraarticular or intraosseous lesions if clinical suspicion is suggestive of this. Treatment is predominantly conservative with focus on low-impact exercises that maximize aerobic conditioning. Earl et al. reviewed the epidemiology, etiology, and management of patellofemoral syndrome. They note that there is no clear cause of this issue, although issues related to the quadriceps and dynamic malalignment may be contributory. Moving on to the next question. An 18-year-old female has 9 months of anterior knee pain recalcitrant to physical therapy that includes VMO strengthening, NSAIDs, and lifestyle modification. On physical examination, she has no effusion in the knee and her Q angle is measured at 15 degrees. She has less than 1 quadrant of medial patella translation and less than 2 quadrants of lateral patella translation. The lateral edge of the patella is unable to be everted. A merchant view radiograph shows lateral patellar tilt and the tibial tubercle trochlear groove distance is measured as 14 millimeters on a CT scan. Which of the following procedures is most appropriate? And the choices are 1. Lateral retinacular release, 2. Anterolateral tibial tubercle osteotomy, 3. Anterior tibial tubercle osteotomy or a McKay procedure, 4. Medial tibial tubercle osteotomy or an elmsley trelot procedure, and 5. Medial plica resection. The correct answer to this question is 1. Lateral retinacular release. So the patient's radiograph and clinical presentation are consistent with lateral patellar tilt and lateral facet compression syndrome, respectively. Of the options available, lateral retinacular release is the most appropriate treatment. The surgical treatment for this condition is rare. Surgical treatment for this condition is rare and used only in cases that are recalcitrant to conservative measures. Calper et al. present level 4 evidence of 169 lateral retinacular release cases. They divided this cohort into patients less than and older than 40 years of age. They found that both groups had a statistically significant improvement in Lisholm scores, and there were only three patients with complications, that is fibrosis at the site of the lateral release. And moving on to the final question, a 21-year-old female presents with left knee pain for six months. The symptoms are worse with climbing stairs and sitting for long periods of time. On physical exam, she has a stable knee with no effusion and pain with compression of the patella. Her Q angle is 21 degrees. What is the first step in management? And the choices are 1. Arthroscopic lateral retinacular release. 2. Tubercle elevation and medialization. 3. Strict immobilization and non-weight bearing for 4 weeks. 
four, open chain exercises and a focus on seated leg extensions, and five, closed chain exercises with focus on quadriceps and hamstring strengthening. The correct answer to this question is five, closed chain exercises with focus on quadriceps and hamstring strengthening. So this patient has anterior knee pain with an increased Q angle. Remember that normal is 17 degrees in a female. The first line of treatment is physical therapy. Rehab should focus on isometrics and closed chain exercises. Hungerford et al. investigated the patellofemoral joint reaction force during closed chain exercises versus open chain exercise. They found an increase in the patellofemoral joint reaction force during open chain exercises and with seated leg extensions that can cause further wear and irritation of the patellofemoral joint. That's all for this review about lateral patellar compression syndrome. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. If you've gotten any value from the OrthoBullets podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow.